0: Hey friends, thanks for joining in on another episode of Cast the Word. Today I want to talk to you about embracing the wilderness. Guys, thank you so much for joining in on another episode today. I know it's been several months since we published our last episode, and I just want to thank you all for your continued support of this ministry, and for also many of you just simply checking in on us asking if we're okay. I'm glad to report that we are okay, but that I just decided to take a little bit of a sabbatical due to some things going on in my life, just some small changes, but I am glad to be back with you, and I'm hopeful through God's help that we will be able to just simply pick back up where we started and keep trekking forward together. So my title today is Embracing the Wilderness, and I'm pulling this idea from the scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2, that says, And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness, to humble thee and to prove thee, to know what is in thine heart, whether thou would keep his commandments or not. Many Christian people relate the wilderness to a spiritually dry season in their walk with God. The wilderness is not a pleasant place to dwell in for many different reasons, and it's likened to a spiritual desert in our lives today. In the spiritual application, we can All more than likely look back in our walk with Christ and pinpoint certain seasons where we too might have been in a wilderness journey. But today I want to challenge our thinking just a bit. And instead of dreading or avoiding the wilderness and simply praying to get out of the wilderness, I want to challenge us today to embrace the wilderness season that we find ourselves in throughout our Christian walk with God. And why is that? Well, because I firmly believe that the wilderness is for our benefit. Even if we are in the wilderness, one thing to consider is that God will always be right by our side. And if you're in a spiritually dry season right now, then I hope that this message encourages you in some way. So let's address the comment that I made regarding the fact that the wilderness is for our benefit. And if you would allow me, I'd like to give you four points to drive that message home. The first point is that the wilderness is a time for separation and growth. What do I mean by that? Well, if we look back in Galatians 1 verse 15, we read about Paul's conversion, and there's a comment in that scripture about Paul spending three years alone. And most scholars tend to accept the fact that this time period might have been a gap in time in Paul's life for Him to receive revelation from God. See, he had just been converted on the Damascus Road. And it might have been a time for Paul to pray and study. And see, Paul was a Jewish scholar. So now, as a convert to Christ, there was an opportunity for Paul to look back over the scripture that he knew so well the Torah and the scripture of the in in what we call now the old testament right and look at that scripture through the revelation and through the lens of jesus christ through that experience he received on the damascus road and some see that as an opportunity where paul might have got alone with god and separated himself from the world and retrained his mind and just simply sought after god to grow and to transition from saul to paul And after this time, he embarked on a most powerful ministry to the Gentiles. We read that all throughout the New Testament and through his epistles. After Moses fled Egypt, he journeyed into the wilderness for 40 years. And after this time, the Lord revealed himself to Moses through the burning bush and instructed him to be his mouthpiece to deliver the Israelites out of bondage. It took 40 years, but man, what a life changer that was, right? God carried the Israelites into the wilderness as well to separate them, to get them out of the lifestyle, customs, influence, bondage, those shackles that they had in Egypt. God wanted the Israelites to depend on him entirely throughout this transition and separation for their own benefit and for their own growth. But we read that they missed the mark a few times, didn't they? And and really, we can kind of relate to that ourselves if we're honest. We read in Joshua chapter 1 that because of their disobedience and because of their lack of ability to fully rely on God, that first generation had to die off, and it was the next generation that rose up and conquered the promised land. Growth, maturity, and separation were required for them to progress forward. Listen to that. Growth, maturity, and separation were required to press forward, right? The wilderness journey is a time for transition, it's a time for separation, and it's a time for personal growth and maturity in the believer's life. We think sometimes and we pray, Lord, send me to the top of the mountain. Lord, send me beside those still waters. And the Lord wants to do those things, but sometimes we must reflect back and say, God, is there something in me that you want me to grow into? Or is there something in me that you want to get out of me, better said? Do you want me to grow into a more mature believer? The answer to that is always yes, right? Do you want to separate me from those around me so that I can get alone with with you, Lord? It's the wilderness, where some of those things line up. So I want to, to, to encourage you to embrace the wilderness and instead of always praying prayers of God lead me to the top of the mountain, recognize that it's in the valley where we learn. It's in the valley. See, it's easy to praise God and worship God and thank God and do all those things and bless God when we're on top of the mountain. But what about when we're in the valley? See, that's where it's hard to praise God. And I really feel like I want to drive this home right now, if I may, for just a moment. If you're in a dry season right now, if you feel like everything's piled up against you, if you feel like that you have no encouragement, let me encourage you right now and say that the Lord is still the lily in the valley. Seek him out. Seek him out and say, Lord, I'm in in the wilderness journey right now, God. Separate me and grow me for your benefit. Amen? Number two, the wilderness is a time of testing. The wilderness is a place of testing. The wilderness tests our ability and our resolve to keep pressing forward, The Israelites grew tired in their wilderness journey, right? They complained about the same bread from heaven. They complained about their leadership. And the underlying question and theme that was really prevalent throughout that wilderness journey for the Israelites was, could they or could they not fully rely on God? It was a test of whether they could lean completely on Jehovah, not just when they pass the Red Sea on dry ground, but what about when they're trekking in the middle of the desert, right? It's easy to trust God when Pharaoh's armies is marching up behind you and God all of a sudden opens up the Red Sea and you're able to walk through on dry ground and the, the waters crash over your enemies. But what about when all of that Glorious, miraculous, supernatural things are behind you, and now all you see in front of you is a desolate desert. That's where the people of God must rise up and say, Lord, I'm going to trust in you in the desert. I'm going to believe that you're going to make a way. And I'm going to embrace the fact that if I'm going through the desert right now, Lord, if you're testing me, I trust you, God. If you're leading me to a wilderness area for you to test me, then, then test me. See, the, the Lord won't tempt you. Understand what I'm saying here. The, the Lord doesn't tempt you, but he will test you, right? Right? And Job said, when you've tested me, I shall come forth pure as gold." And That must be our prayer. Hebrews 3 verses 8 says, harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When you're in the wilderness, don't get a hard heart. Don't shake your fists at heaven and say, God, why is this happening to me? I'm a faithful steward of your word. I'm a churchgoer, I'm a tithe giver, God. I read your word. I pray. I praise and I worship, God. Why are these things happening to me? Don't fall into that mental pitfall. Don't do it. Don't get a hard heart because negative circumstances may be coming your way. Instead, say, God, I don't get it. I don't understand it. It's not easy to go through, but Lord, help me. If you're testing me, God, let me come forth pure as gold. That won't make your problems go away. This is not an easy thing to teach, and it's not an easy thing to walk out. I struggle with this myself. But we've got to look at the Scripture and and understand that there's a reason that God gives us these instructions, because His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. We must learn to trust in God. Amen? Number three, the third benefit is that the wilderness gets out of you what God hates. We all know this story of the exodus of the Israelites. We all know the famous story of Moses and and the work that he did for the Lord. But I want us to think about this in the mirror picture of our life and our redemption through Christ. See, it's a shadow. It's a type of what we experience through our conversion to the Lord. See, Egypt represents the world. Before Christ, we were the slaves in Egypt, the slaves to sin in bondage and in shackles. And Jesus represented our spiritual Moses, who came and redeemed us out of Egypt. And then one day we took the blood of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world and spread it over our doorposts at the point, at the time of repentance, just like the Israelites did at the Passover. And because of that blood, which is His blood, we are now protected. Then we went into our wilderness journey to get alone with God, to seek Him, and to strive to get that old Adam nature that was in us out, right? See it takes some time. Listen to this. It takes some time to get Egypt out of us. See, those lifestyles, those customs, those rituals, those pet sins that we walked in every day prior to our conversion to Christ, it takes some time. See, that old flesh nature is hard to get out of us, right? That old man sometimes wants to rise up his or her ugly head and and try to convince us that, you know We're not redeemed. We're not sanctified. We're not set apart. We are who we are. A tiger doesn't change his stripes. Those are all the lies that the enemy throws at the mind of believers. But let me encourage you right here, if I may, you're no longer who you used to be. I'm not who I used to be. I was bought with a price. The price of the blood of the lamb and by his grace and by his mercy and through his continuous patience in, in my life and continued his continued development in my life, I'm no longer who I used to be. He called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. And because of that, I'm no longer who I used to be. You are no longer who you used to be. However, with that being said, it does take some time through the wilderness to cast off those things that we used to hold dear, right? Because we're called a little bit higher now. We're not called to continue walking in the sin that so easily besets us. Hebrews talks about that. Lay aside that sin that so easily besets you and keep pressing toward the mark. Amen? That's what we must do. None of us are perfect, and though, praise God, we might not be who we used to be, how many of us know that that old Adam nature likes to rise up every now and then? Lord, my prayer needs to be this. Let me live a life in the Spirit by the direction of the Holy Spirit that is acceptable and pleasing to you. Yes, I'm gonna mess up. It's not about sinless perfection. However, help me to lay aside that sin and help me to walk with the mindset of, Lord, get out of me what you hate, even if that means leading me to the wilderness. And my last point is that the wilderness positions you to trust God when things are unclear. Proverbs 3, five through six says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He'll direct your path. God will make a way for you when you're in the wilderness. He will show up and show you which way to go. He will be the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night, guiding you throughout that desert. His His word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It's there. All you've got to do is hold on to it and faint not. Continue trusting in Him. Continue embracing the wilderness. Yes, it's difficult and hard, but say, God, I'm going to trust in you while I'm here. Because the wilderness puts us in a place and a posture of humility. It puts us in a place of just fully trusting in God, even when our circumstances are no longer pleasant. It requires us to say, God, I'm trusting in you because the wilderness you see is a place where we can no longer rely on ourselves. We can no longer have the strength to carry ourselves. And, and that's why I think we should embrace the wilderness because there's nothing good in, in me. There's really nothing good in me. If there is, I didn't need a savior, right? If I was all that, then I don't need a savior to come and save me. But that's not true. I'm not all that. I am a broken vessel. I am shattered by the guilt of sin, and I need a perfect Savior to come and save me. So I'm in a place of humility in the wilderness, accepting and acknowledging these facts and saying, God, yes, I'm The wilderness is a place for separation and growth. Yes, the wilderness, Lord, is a place where you're testing me. Yes, the wilderness is a place where you can get out of me what you hate. And through all that, I'm going to trust in you. That's got to be our heart's cry, right? we got to continue trusting in Him and not trusting on our own ability, but looking to the Lord as the author and the finisher of our faith. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19 says, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. That's got to be our prayer amen. I pray that this encourage you today, and thank you guys so much for your continued support again of this ministry. Continue sharing this ministry podcast to your friends and family. Thank you guys so much for listening as always. Stay strong in the faith, and I look forward to talking to you next time.